Hi, Leading Moms. I have a treat for you today. We have our first Ask the Expert Leadership episode, and the wonderful Cherie Canning from Luminate Leadership is back. As we all commit together to learn from the last 18 months so that we can grow stronger as leaders, Cherie is here to chat about leading in the hybrid work environment that many of us are facing, some of us for the very first time. And not just that, but also how we can grow or protect a culture, even if we're not all in the office. And just like she did when we met her back in episode 41, Cherie inspired me with the actionable, motivating, and uplifting leadership wisdom that she shared. You don't want to miss this one. And be sure you stick around to the end to hear our new season two question for all guests and Cherie's inspiring answer. In case you're new here, let's do some introductions. Our guest, Cherie Canning, is a certified coach, leader, facilitator, speaker, and a proud mom. She spent almost 20 years in the travel industry in senior leadership and people and culture roles before launching her own company, Luminate Leadership. Cherie has facilitated hundreds of workshops, keynotes, and conference sessions with one goal, to inspire more heart-centered leadership. Her skills and passion lie in facilitating topics such as emotional intelligence, workplace wellness, and enhancing team culture through authentic, conscious, and courageous leadership. And here's a bit about me and the Moms That Lead movement. Are you ready to jump off the hamster wheel and finally listen to that voice inside that says you were meant for more? Are you ready to replace overwhelm with calm and clarity, self-doubt with confidence, and mom guilt with connection? Then you're in the right place. Welcome to the Moms That Lead podcast, where we know that moms have a unique ability to be world changers, and that leadership is not about position. But instead, if your actions inspire others to dream more, learn more, do more, and become more, then you are a leader. I'm Terry Schmidt, your host and leadership mentor, determined to bring you the inspiration, motivation, and practical tips to help you live your best life. I'm a corporate leader and coach turned nonprofit founder. My family's journey to completing an Ironman triathlon changed my life forever, and I want to be your friend on the journey to gain the clarity, confidence, and connection that I gained from that experience. So if you're ready to ditch mom guilt and activate your strengths, let's jump in. Welcome, Cherie. We are so happy to have you back on the Moms That Lead podcast as we kick off season two with this series about how do we take what we've been through in the last year and a half or so and learn from it and lead in a stronger way. I'm excited to have you as part of that series as we dig into a question as part of our Ask the Expert series that I know is on a lot of leaders' minds. And that is, you know, what are we supposed to do with this new hybrid working environment that many organizations, many businesses are finding themselves in? And how do we go about leading in a way that can either help build a culture or protect a culture that already existed while we're in that hybrid work environment. So I'm thrilled that you've agreed to come on again and kind of be a more regular guest as we dig into these questions that our audience has. So thank you again for being here. Thank you. Thanks, Terry. It's really great to be back. Thank you for having me. So any major updates in your life or how's everything been going since we last chatted? 
Things are really good down here. We've had some pockets of virus around the country. So suddenly everyone thinks that we're okay, we're good to go. And you book some holidays to go interstate or to go and see family. And then next minute, there's another border closure here. So yeah. it's on and off, on and off. But I think we've really learned now just to take whatever opportunity you have and take it and mm -hmm. run and not wait for the perfect moment. Just take any moment that you can. And yeah, things are going well down here. Thank you. That's great. And I think that's a lesson that probably applies to a lot more, even than just, you know, holidays that you're taking, uh, take the opportunities that we have and, and grab them and make the most of them. I think that's Absolutely. definitely a lesson that we've learned over the last year, but getting back, because I'm excited about this question, because I think it's so important and just so new to many organizations is how is a leader supposed to develop or protect a culture when they have a new hybrid working arrangement? And maybe on any given day, they have half of their team working remotely and half of their team in the office. I'd love to hear your thoughts on how to go about doing that. What are some best practices? Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, I think it's fair to say that we're all learning through this. So it's, it's a lot of listening and um, having conversations with other people, asking what's working for them, having your own experiences and finding our own blended model of mm -hmm. the blended workplace. I would say this sounds maybe a little bit too boring a place to start. At the same time, I feel really necessary is I believe it's time for teams to come back together and reset expectations mm -hmm. and have some conversations around why do we exist? How are we going to behave? And then now with the outside world, we have less control around that. So then how do we ensure that we have the right systems and business processes happening in the business that will support hybrid? So in every organization, they're going to have their own nuances, their own, you know, their own challenges, depending on how geographically diverse they are, depending on the kind of work they do. So I feel the first step is to come in and acknowledge that this is now our normal. So mm -hmm. before, I'm sure you um, had similar experience. I feel like the first part of COVID throughout 2020 was all about survival. We were all treading water and just trying to survive. Now it's about, it's no longer survival mode. We've got to stop and reset and find, well, how do we now start thriving in this environment? Mm -hmm. And I do believe the first part is coming back to, having an offsite or a virtual offsite or wherever it may be as a team, as leaders to go, well, what are our expectations? What is working? What's not working? What technology do we need to use? What new practices do we need to bring in and, and actually have an intentional meeting around that to start the conversation? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That makes a lot of sense. You know, I think there might be a tendency or a desire to just want to move past it and, you know, go back to exactly how it was before and yeah. act as if nothing had happened because with any hard experience, you don't necessarily want to dwell on it or, or think about it. But the fact is that a good portion of the way that we operate in life, in our families and at work probably yes. has changed in both small and big ways. So take that time almost as kind of a, a clean slate and say, yeah. okay, this Absolutely. is who we are. Yes. 
Yes, let's not forget that because I feel when we're in that survival mode and when we're really hanging on and some businesses are literally hanging on for their businesses. Mm -hmm. Some of us are in our just our own mental health survival mode Mm -hmm. and just in general the chaos surrounding us. Whilst it may be getting smoother and calmer now across the board, it's still challenging. And yeah, I I really think it's acknowledging what it is and focus on what we can control. The Mm -hmm. old um, CIA and and not the American CIA, (laughs) Um, but (laughs) the the acronym I love is control, influence, accept Mm -hmm. and focusing on, okay, well, what are the things we can control? We can't control if there's the planes are going to fly or the borders are going to close or if we can travel internationally or not. That part is completely out of our control. Mm -hmm. We can control what technology we use, what can we influence with our customers, you know, and then sometimes what do we just have to choose to accept? Mm -hmm. So I love um, workshopping through that because I feel like there could be some challenges or problems businesses have, but they don't know what the solution is just yet. Mm -hmm. But by then acknowledging, okay, well, we're really struggling with this cultural challenge. There could actually be technology designed that someone somewhere is, you know, a creative genius pulling these things together. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't know about you, but before Corona, I didn't know things like Mural, Miro, Jamboards, Mentimeter. These technology platforms are incredible. I I kind of knew Zoom and that was about it. (laughs) So. Now to see, I was at a conference recently where we had 25 people in Australia and it was an off-site planning, exactly this, and we had someone dialed in from Canada. Now that was a terrible time zone for that poor Canadian, <laughs> but the technology we could use was phenomenal and the, the boards and everything that the mural boards that they were using that then they could share with him and he could see the interactive presentations and, and contribute, incredible. So I feel like it's sitting down and talking about What are the challenges? What are our solutions for each of these pieces? Yeah, I wholeheartedly agree with that. And it's interesting. I I think just going through that situation helped us to, on one side, innovate, you know, quite a bit, probably more quickly um, than we would have without it, but also just to see what's possible. And and I think it's going to be interesting because we had to so quickly adapt in order to work effectively, it's going to be interesting to see then how that changes some of our normal processes, which I think is getting right back to what you were talking about. Let's, let's pull together with the team and, and see where we are. Let's, let's check in, let's level set everything and start from there. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Speaking about connecting people, obviously, like you mentioned, we want to bring everyone together at the beginning. But say you have a leader who's in an environment where he or she has half of their team working remotely. How do you go about connecting people? Do you have, have you seen best practices for that? Do you have any favorite techniques that you recommend to your clients? Yeah, absolutely. And Again, I think some of the best ones are actually quite simple and it's about consistency. Mm-hmm. So um, one that I see regularly, and in fact, my husband's team do this. They have a hybrid set up. Mostly they're together, but they, they will have days where the people are spread all around the city. So every single morning they have, I guess what you, some companies call a huddle, some call mm-hmm. an AM planner, some call a, a stand up, whatever you want to call it, but a coming together in the morning, 10 minutes in the morning and virtually 
they'll have the screens, they'll see one another. So they'll just check in, what are you working on today? What are your outcomes today? And 10 minutes. So it just, I love it. My husband did it yesterday from home. The rest of his team were in the office and you could just see as a leader, you can gauge what's the energy of the person like, are they focused? Are they a bit razzled this morning? And maybe you've mm-hmm. got to pick up the phone after the Zoom meeting, check in on them. It just gives, I almost think it gives it a start and finish line to the day, which in a moment I'll talk to the finish mm-hmm. line. But it really just allows um, some consistency that the team can be together at a certain time of the day, set those clear goals and objectives, and at the end of the day, then celebrate what they've done and for the leader to check in. A few other things with connecting is setting aside time in your agendas. So if you've got a weekly meeting or a daily meeting, I would actually intentionally add more time in for more collaborative talk and sharing because Mm -hmm. naturally that's happening in the office you know in the lunchroom or as people are arriving grabbing their coffee how are your kids how are your animals what's happening with you how was your commute how was your ride last night so those conversations are missing so that Mm -hmm. ability to connect naturally isn't there one company I was speaking with was saying that they have a zoom lunch open so they open a room every day at lunchtime say 12 30 whatever the, the agreed time is And people can just pop in. It is not a work-related meeting. It is Mm -hmm. literally come in with your salad or your sandwich, come and have a um, seat and just chat to the rest of the people in your team casually and socially. And I think that's a brilliant idea. You don't have to, but you absolutely can if you choose to. Yeah, that is that is great. And it reminds me, I was listening to one of Brene Brown's recent podcasts and it was quite applicable to what we're talking about today. So for anyone that's listening, I, I highly recommend go listening to that. But they were having a conversation about with Zoom, you know, it becomes so task oriented. You know, yes. no one wants to necessarily bring up something that may seem a little bit off topic because it feels like since you're on the Zoom that you should be sticking, you know, to yeah. purely yes. work related tasks. And that doesn't leave a whole lot of room for connection. So I love that idea of using the same technology in a way that is more about connecting with people. Absolutely. And, you know, even today, you and I are talking, we've got the backgrounds behind us with teams where you've built a good level of trust and rapport. I would encourage almost bringing something from the room behind you or mm-hmm. where today wear something that represents you or wear a color that is representing of how you feel. So it's a little bit of fun and creativity. It just brings then a quick conversation at the beginning of the meeting to saying, oh, Terry, you're wearing green today. Tell us about that. Or it could be, I love that photo behind you. I keep seeing it. Tell me more about it. So that allows, I think, that personal connection and the, the real rapport building. Again, you might have to build it into the Zoom mm-hmm. or So for the first 10 minutes of today, we're going to hear from these three people in the team. Mm -hmm. I do feel that this will be some people's personality style and it will be the opposite of others. I do feel (laughs) it will take more planning and it will take more intentional thought. It's not something you can just always spring on everyone at the last second. Mm -hmm. So potentially it's delegating that to someone in the team who's got that ability or it's just adding that to your your list of responsibilities now as a leader because Mm -hmm not intentionally by design creating that culture and rapport there's a really high chance it won't be there 
because we do, we get into that, what's next, what's next on the agenda, I'm tired, I've got the next Zoom to get on, let's go, let's go, let's go. And so process heavy rather than connection heavy. Yes, yes, very true. And I, I think it's going to be a challenge, particularly in the hybrid environment, in that you do have a group of people who are having those conversations around the water cooler. I'm saying that in air quotes. But I think you know that's going to be one of the challenges, too, for people to understand the challenge that that one person, like you were saying, your husband was the only person remote in that mm-hmm. meeting. I don't know if you know, he had any experiences. I know I've had experiences in the past where I've been the only person remote and the just, I think it's important for leaders to understand the care that has to be taken then to ensure that they are feeling included. And it might be just having that question, like you mentioned, even if the people who have already had those conversations because they're in the office and, you know, they're just chatting away, but to take that care to make that person who is remote feel included is critical to the buildup of the culture. Absolutely. A hundred percent. And I had an experience recently. It was a personal one, not a work one, where in fact it was my grandma's uh, funeral. I couldn't go because of travel restrictions. Mm -hmm. And so I was able to watch the ceremony. So I felt a part of it. So virtually I was the one person not there. Mm -hmm. But what was beautiful after it is that I got all these phone calls, one-on-one phone calls, Uh and that could be an answer in the workplace too. So you have the meeting, everyone's in there virtually, but then it's just that, oh, hey, how did you find that? Just a debrief phone call Mm -hmm. just checking in did you catch everything was there anything you missed anything you want me to run through and via the phone there's less of that delay you know when we're on zoom particularly with multiple people there's always that delay so potentially that's just a simple solution too that there's a commitment to picking the phone up you know the phone Mm -hmm. and we use all this technology but sometimes we forget just to pick up the phone so Yeah, I feel that's really important. And again, it's the shift in the mindset of the leader to recognize because they may have your first response may be, well, that's a lot of extra work. But the question is, well, what would the extra work look like if you didn't do it? Mm-hmm. If that person ends up leaving and then you've got to onboard someone else and yes. the trouble that you go through with all of that, is it worth the time now or are you going to risk what could be if we're allowing that connection to dissipate and we lose our people and we lose our culture? Yes, exactly. And two, you're just thinking about potential positives that might be the result of this hybrid work environment. So maybe, you know, net net, you're actually saving time because maybe that particular employee is more productive in their environment or other situations. Absolutely. And I I feel like you speak and you see a lot of polls going around at the moment and speak to a lot of people and so many individuals love working from home. The sense I get is most people like having the blend where they Mm -hmm. can be in the office and at home. So you get the best of both worlds, but not everyone has that ability. So even if you are remote working, the no commute, the fact that you can, you know, be close to home if you're dropping kids off and Mm -hmm. families and you have so much more productive hours at home. So yeah, I feel like the time we invested in picking up a phone and doing some extra communication tasks that we think we don't usually do. We did do them all the time in the office. It just looked different. It was at the photocopier. It was at the coffee shop. It was in the lift. It was, if you actually took a stopwatch and added up all of that time, I really believe you'd be gaining time. It's just as a shift of how we're spending the time that it feels different. That's a great point. And a 
an excellent way to reframe how you're looking at those tasks when you're looking at your and and I one more thing with that I think you mentioned picking up the phone asking them how the meeting went for them I think that's critically important to the phase that a lot of organizations find themselves in now in that this is kind of a beta phase for this type of work environment you know a time where organizations are probably going to try things that aren't going to work and they're going to try things that, you know, maybe are wildly successful, but you won't know that and you won't be able to course correct unless you have that information that you might get from that phone call. Absolutely. And I think that's where either pulse surveys or a quick, like the Mentimeter, you know, you can do Mm -hmm. a little Mentimeter and put a screen, a QR code up for the team to vote and just different things where you're just gauging people's opinions the whole time, whether it's how are you feeling today or whether it was how did you find that meeting or what's one thing we could do to make this more effective in our communication. So it's always asking because this is the time where maybe this is what is actually challenging for a lot of leaders in itself is that no one is the expert in this. Mm -hmm. You know, there is not one leader who can walk around and say, well, actually last time I went through a global pandemic, this is how I feel. Because I shouldn't laugh at that. (laughs) No, (laughs) I know. But it's so true though, isn't it, Terry? Like we're, this is first time for all of us. Some of us have had similar experiences with hybrid work. But absolutely, this is the first time that we've been dealing with changes to the workplace, plus the mental and emotional strain of a pandemic, the financial strain of a pandemic. You put all of that together, the uncertainty, the volatility, this is no one's comfort zone. Mm -hmm. So it is about, as a leader, I feel, you know, if you honour what... uh, Dr. Brene, um, you know, she speaks about all the time is about that vulnerability as a leader Mm -hmm. to stand up and say, I know that this is not ideal. So I need everyone to chip in and let's talk about how we can make this work for us Mm -hmm. all. That's really important. I feel the more that the leader can own that and be comfortable with not having all the answers, the team can collaborate and come up with the, the best for now. And we just keep evolving. Yes. Yes. And that opens that vulnerability opens so many opportunities to grow, to learn from this, to find new innovative solutions, to discover things that you didn't know weren't working before, you know, that need to change. You know, what's that meeting that you always had that you really didn't need to have. And you discovered that during the pandemic. Exactly. Exactly. And thank you for that gift pandemic. (laughs) Um, There are so many things that we were doing just out of default. I'm sure where, when you look at it now and you go, Oh, I'm so glad that's no longer Mm -hmm. happening. One thing that I did notice from a session recently with a group around connection was around the, we use the Myers-Briggs tool. I don't know if you know the Mm -hmm. Myers-Briggs personality profiling, And whilst this team had actually been exposed, I think 80% of the team had done the Myers-Briggs before, but not as this team, as a united team. Mm -hmm. And it was a really different angle or a different perspective that we spoke about it because this team actually had been working together for a year. It was the first time they've ever met face-to-face. And they were all in the same company, but as a united team. So that was an incredible conversation because when we spoke about introverts versus extroverts and what they need in a hybrid work environment Mm -hmm. versus planners versus spontaneous people versus the people who are a bit more logical versus the people who are a bit more emotional and high on connection. When we're breaking all those dynamics down, incredible conversations were had because I feel like at the moment 
hybrid is still such a new, unfamiliar zone that we are doing a one size fits all. Okay, this is how we're going to do it. And look, we've we've got to start somewhere, so we can't sure. be too harsh on ourselves. But when we broke that down to extrovert versus introvert, even people's living arrangements. So for us with families and with kids, we have a natural finish time for our day Mm -hmm. because we have to pick our kids up. (laughs) We can't actually just keep them at school or (laughs) day. Although I'm sure we've tried, but it just won't work. So we've got a a natural um, finish time that we're committed to with our time. If you think about some of the people in teams who don't have kids, who are single, who have you know, of course they've got things in their lives, but if they kept working one afternoon, turns into nighttime and the next day it happens again and the next day it happens again because Mm -hmm. there's no real off switch if the workload is high. And that's what I'm hearing from a lot of people where the actual burnout, the work from Mm -hmm. home burnout is happening. There's not enough separation between my work day and then my life or my outside of work life. And yeah, I do feel with the families, we've got a an added bonus there where mm-hmm. it's kind of forced upon you to an extent. But for many people in our teams, that may not be the case. So we've got to be aware. And that's where I wonder, do you have an end of day check-in? Mm-hmm. Five minutes doesn't mean everyone has to finish their day at that moment. Mm-hmm. But then you engage. okay, Terry, you had a great day. You said you wanted to do this this morning. You smashed it. Well done. Oh, Cherie, you're only halfway through your list. You seem a bit stressed. So I'm going to check in with Cherie mm-hmm. after this. And just see if there's anything we can do to help so she can she can actually finish work on time yes. or at a reasonable time today. Because that in itself, I think, is another threat to our culture and employee engagement. Agree. What do you think? We've talked a lot about connecting and as a leader and, and picking up the phone. I think leaders out there also have questions about how can they remain present, maybe particularly when they are the one that is remote. How can they help their team to feel that they are truly present there with them, that they're supporting them, that they're there for them? Yeah, it's a great question. I I feel when we're talking about showing that we're present, my first response is actually be present. So then we're not having to show, but actually be. So there's a few things that I've noticed um, anecdotally, or I've observed as well, is the multitasking. How many people are on a Zoom or in a meeting and then glancing at the other screen and quickly typing away and texting and, and having side conversations on WhatsApp or text or messenger or something on the side. So I feel that part actually is some discipline around committing to being present. Absolutely from a, if you are present, but then how else can you show you're present Mm -hmm. because you're not physically Mm -hmm. there, of course. I've seen some teams where they have an ongoing chat all day. So they'll have a chat open, which may defeat what I've just said about not being in a (laughs) chat on a call. Of course, you'd minimize that. But as far as just being always available, so whether that's a WhatsApp chat or through your Microsoft or Google just having something where the team is open for any time conversation. Mm -hmm. I do feel like the check-in is really important and knowing your people. So there's that risk of micromanaging, isn't there, that we get too Mm -hmm. far into what are you doing, what's happening, and that's not the intention behind it. I would check in with your people and ask them what do they need because some will need a regular check-in and a five-minute conversation or a text in the morning, hey, on a scale of one to 10, how are you feeling today? It it Mm -hmm. could just be like that. 
Others will require more of your actual physical time. So it's understanding your people and asking them what do they need. Mm-hmm. Any prior experiences I think are a good indication, but I also don't believe that they are everything because things have changed. So what the what your team member may have needed two years ago, oh, they're a really low-touch team member. They're really self-sufficient. They're fine. If they're an extrovert stuck at home with no one else around them, it's not the same anymore for them. So we need to then evolve and see what they need. If their work from home situation is that they live in a house with three other people and there's no study and they're sharing a kitchen table and it's chaotic for them, we have to check in with what they need. So I I really think that present is is going to each person one-to-one and asking what support do you need from me? It could be as well, just small, small one percenters, but sending a thank you text to each person at the end of the day, Mm -hmm. uh, sharing, getting your team to share their wins, or if you've checked in with your people all week, maybe at the end of the week, it's like, these are the wins that I've noted from my team. It could be small things. Something I'd recommend leaders could do is just collate some wins and some things they've noticed through the week as well. So through conversation or through your meetings, through outputs and work that people have done. And maybe at the end of the week, you're celebrating the wins and acknowledging people. I noticed that Terry did this on Monday or Cherie had a really Mm. tricky day juggling with her family. And this is what she could still produce. Thank you, Cherie. So that I think is beautiful to be able to summarize at the end of a week or the beginning of a week and thank your team. So it's showing you've noticed, it shows that you've been taking, taking everything in and really being present. Yes, yes. And I think that hits on one of the last questions I was going to ask you about leading in a hybrid work environment is how do I you know, make sure my team is still being productive without feeling like I'm micromanaging them? And I think some of the techniques you just talked about, the check-ins that, you know, end of week check-ins and celebrations, I think definitely would help with that. Do you have anything else that you've seen work or would recommend? Yeah. And I've seen it probably when it hasn't happened is really setting clear expectations Mm. and outcomes. I know I speak about this a lot. I really feel it's the foundation of everything because we can't, we can't possibly hold people accountable to things that they're not even clear on or we're not even clear they've had the clarity around so really setting clear outcomes for the week ahead or the day slash week that could be sharing calendars sharing diaries and I don't mean in a micromanaging way Mm -hmm. just in a way where I've heard this before where leaders will say oh I couldn't get in touch with that person for three hours and I laugh and say okay so prior to working from home would you always see them every hour? And they're no, they could be <laughs> meetings. They could be, ah, oh, okay. So when they're working on that project or in those meetings, is it okay that you're not in touch with them every hour? Yeah, of course. All right, so what's changed now that they're at home? So it's really, again, just rejigging the expectation that it doesn't mean that you have to hear from everyone or they have to be 100% contactable. So if you're sharing calendars in a non-pervasive way, if you're mm-hmm. comfortable, that you oh oh okay Cherie's in a conversation with Terry for this hour of course I'm not going to hear from her for this Mm -hmm. hour so I think that transparency is very important using technology like Trello boards or your G Suite whatever you use where then you can see oh these are the tasks that people have um, in my team have committed to how are they tracking how can I support them that's really important to use the technology and use a structure But again, ask people, how regularly do you need the check-in? And then it's then performance management as required. So if Mm -hmm. you set clear 
notifications, you followed up. If it's not happening, then we need to check back in and find out where, where it's falling down. Mm-hmm. So we just have a tendency, I think, to not trust and want to micromanage, which that in itself is almost another podcast, I think. about. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, fundamentally model the same behavior. Mm-hmm. So make sure that you're modeling the behavior you wish to see from your people as well. That is huge to make sure that you are modeling how you want others to behave, both in business and in parenting. (laughs) Everything that we do, right? Everything that we do. I read a quote yesterday and it said, it's a Dr. Seuss quote, today I shall behave as if this is the day I will be remembered. Oh, I love that. I really loved it. I found it yesterday and went, oh, I'm going to write that down. Today I shall behave as if this is the day I will be remembered. And it's so true in in how we're modelling behaviour at work with our kids, in every interaction we have, every conversation we have. Well, thank you for sharing that. I'm definitely going to write that one down also. (laughs) That's very powerful. And actually is a great lead in to our last question, which is the question we're going to be asking all of our guests on season two. And that is, what's the one leadership lesson that you feel most passionate about passing on, passing on to your daughter or passing on to a colleague? What, what is that one leadership lesson that you feel most passionate about? Yeah, I, the quote actually was linked to me thinking about that question. Mm-hmm. There's another quote that Susan Scott from Fierce Conversations, and it says, not every conversation can change a life, but any conversation can. Mm-hmm. And I think about those two things often. And for me, that it is around judging and being quick to judge. Instead, be more curious with people. Mm-hmm. The lessons I I've, feel I've learned over and over again or reinforced in my leadership that I really, really am so motivated to pass on to my daughter and then anyone I lead or work with is just to believe in the best in people mm-hmm. and that we are so quick to judge and so quick to critique or break something down that what if we actually just believed that people were doing their best and that our words can have so much impact on. So if we have kind words and we have words with good intent, believing the best in people, then when we're remembered, I think that's something that we will feel good about. Also, you just don't know where people are at. You don't know what kind Mm -hmm. of day they've had. I don't know if I'm really answering this in the most direct way, but it, it is recognizing that every person we interact with believe that they're doing the best that they can and meet them where they are with curiosity and kindness, because you never know the impact you're going to have on their day and, and where that goes. So get curious before you get furious. And it is like always just seeking to understand and don't get frustrated, just Mm -hmm. get curious. That's so important. And I think that our communities, our workplaces, probably our families would be in much better places if we could remember that. Thank you for passing that on. And I love to see the ways that you demonstrate it in your work. And I think it's going to have a great impact on many others as they think about that, you know, being being curious before they get furious and, <laughs> and the other quotes you mentioned. So thank you very much for sharing that. Oh, my pleasure. Thank you. Well, again, I, I think we could probably talk about this hybrid work environment and the challenges leading in it for 
many more hours, but we're going to cut it there for today. And I'm sure as we go through this, we'll all be learning and probably talking about it again. And I look forward to the next time that you're on to answer our leadership questions, um, because it's always such a pleasure to talk with you. Oh, thank you so much. And the pleasure is also mine. Thank you so much. Wasn't that great? I not only love Cherie's positivity, but also her practical approach to handling new and sometimes difficult leadership situations. Here are the top five takeaways. Number one, CIA, control, influence, accept. When facing difficult or novel situations, take inventory of what you can control, what you can only influence, and what you'll have to accept. Take action accordingly. Number two, to build or protect a culture in a hybrid work environment, a place to start is simply to get everyone together to reset expectations and have conversations around why the team exists, how individuals are expected to work together, and how the business and processes will support that in the hybrid working environment. Number three, a quick team check-in followed by necessary phone calls can do wonders for keeping a team connected, engaged, and productive. Also, build time into virtual meetings for connecting conversations that would naturally happen if everyone was together in the office. Number four, two mistakes to try to avoid when operating in the hybrid work environment. First, taking a one-size-fits-all approach. And second, assuming that what people needed from their leader before the pandemic is what they need now. And number five, Cherie's favorite leadership lesson. Believe the best in people. Get curious before you get furious. And know that not every conversation will change a life, but any conversation can. I hope you enjoyed that Ask the Expert episode. If you have a leadership question that you'd like to hear answered on a future episode, simply head over to Instagram at We Are Moms That Lead and send it to us, or go to momsthatlead.com forward slash questions and submit it there. And if you're not already, make sure you follow Cherie on social media at Cherie underscore Canning or Luminate underscore Leadership. And also head over to her website at luminateleadership.com. Join us next week as we continue with our interviews of female leaders highlighting the lessons they've learned during the past 18 months that have made them stronger leaders. And if you haven't already, make sure you're doing some reflection yourself using the three questions we mentioned in the last episode. And as always, until next time, lead with love.